Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for any types of interviews, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to be joined by Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com here in just a second, break it all down of what happened over the weekend for the Razorback basketball and baseball team. Before we get into that, I'm just going to offer my thoughts and opinions on both things very quickly because uh, I did want to get into all that with Andrew Hutchinson. You know, the, the basketball team and the performance that they turned in against Mississippi State over the weekend, Arkansas losing by 10 points after having a six-point lead at halftime. They played fine in the first half, didn't play great, had a lot of turnovers, ended up having so many tur- – 20 turnovers, 20 turnovers – uh, in the game uh, as a whole. That's not exactly a recipe for success. But the fact is, is that Arkansas choked away a game. They, I think Mississippi State at one point was on a 23-1 to run there in the second half. It was just overall a bad situation for Arkansas, and now they're 14-11. and 14-11 with six regular season games left. Of course, they have the postseason play in the SEC tournament, which I don't think anybody is really looking forward to and thinking that they're going to cause any serious noise in there. But I tell you, fans, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough to be able to not only have hope in what this program and where it's going, but to just be excited about it in general. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to the point where I call for Mike Anderson's head this season. I think that if they went 0-6 the rest of the way, and, and I guess 0-7 if you include the SEC tournament, if they did that, then I think for sure changes are happening. But we're talking about Mike Anderson possibly having his very first losing season as a head coach. Very first one. Uh, they're only three games above 500, and... I can't guarantee three more wins, so I don't really know uh, which way you can look at it. But uh, there's a lot of season left, so maybe things can get turned around. But it's just really disappointing, and I feel for you Razorback fans. I really do. I feel for you in the fact that you had some hope for this team to at least make it to some sort of postseason play. Having Daniel Gafford, a a guy who's an NBA-caliber player, was at least going to be good enough to get you into some sort of postseason play. All you were hoping is that the guys around him would be serviceable enough to make some plays, to get a three-point threat, maybe to get a solid point guard, maybe to get a few other guys and a few other pieces that could add some things into it. And you thought that you had that there for a second. You had Isaiah Joe with three-point threat. You thought you had Jalen Harris in the point guard situation. You thought you had Mason Jones, who was going to be more of an all-around player. You thought that you had maybe some uh, defensive guys that at least could cause some havoc down low, like a Gabo Savoyan, like a Dennis Rodman type guy that you could at least count on to – to bang down low. You, you thought you had all those things, but you didn't at all. In fact, it was really bad how things ended up and where it's at right now, considering where you were at one point in time. You were an NCAA tournament team. At least that's what it looked like. People like Joe Lenardi had you in the tournament, in the field of 68, and now you're not. And if you're a Razorback fan, it's a hard pill to swallow when you're a bad team. It's a really hard pill to swallow when it looked like the future was lo- looking bright it looked like the season was looking bright, and then it comes tumbling down towards the end. And next season, you don't really have much hope either. You don't really know what else is going to happen. You don't know what else is going to be going on that's going to make you feel good about the possibilities of the future. But it's hard, and it's getting harder to defend Mike Anderson. It really is. It's getting harder to come onto this podcast and to do my radio show and say, you know what, he deserves another year. I, I, don't, I don't know what he deserves, honestly. I don't know. People are going to say he maybe deserves one year, and that's fine. And there's going to be people say they want to fire right now, and that's fine too. I can see both sides of it. 
But I think reality is going to set in that he is going to get one more year. He's going to have one more year. You're just going to have to accept that. And, you know, once that happens, if they don't make the tournament next year, which I don't predict that they will, then changes will be made. Then you'll have somebody else in place. And then the excitement can start to rev up. And then you can look at it completely differently. But as of right now, that's the situation you're in, Razorback fans. It sucks. It's something you don't want to deal with. It's not something I want to talk about. But that's the reality, and that's the situation that you find yourselves in right now. But we'll talk about this with uh, Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com here in just a second and uh, also really hammer the baseball uh, side of things too because, man, they got him a they got him a nice little series opening sweep. Got a little hairy there in the third game, but either way, scored 30 runs in the opening series. I like it. I like baseball being back. It needs to be a little warmer before I can really start enjoying it, but we're going to talk about that and a lot more on the other side of the break. But first, this. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. We've been talking a lot about the Razorback basketball and baseball team, of course, because it is that time of year. And to help us talk a little bit more about it, I welcome in friend of the podcast, Andrew Hutchinson. He covers Arkansas for Hogbeat, and you can go to their website, hogbeat.com, where they do a great job of covering all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Andrew, appreciate you joining me this afternoon. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, we're doing good. Obviously, there was a lot going on over this weekend. You were a busy guy, I'm sure, having to to try to keep up with all of it. And so I just really want to start with the baseball team because that's really the reason I, I wanted you to come on this podcast and talk a little more about it because you, you, people see that the baseball team's really good, and I still think that there are a few diehard fans. There's a lot of diehard fans out there of the Razorback baseball team. But once at this point in time, there's still a lot of people trying to get into baseball mode after going through the football and basketball season. So they start off with a series sweep of Eastern Illinois. They perform really well. And we'll just start right there. What were your takeaways from this uh, weekend? Obviously, Arkansas looked uh, pretty good at times. They had to struggle there in the third game, got the victory. But just what was your overall takeaway from it all? Yeah, I was really surprised how it went Saturday with the doubleheader. Uh, I I figured that they would be able to easily beat Eastern Illinois. Uh, Eastern Illinois is not exactly a good program. They they lost a lot of games last year, uh, lost a lot of their you know key players from last year's team. So I, I figured Arkansas would cruise to a sweep, uh, but I wasn't exactly expecting Arkansas to put up. I think it was twenty seven runs on thirty two hits uh, in the two games on Saturday. Uh, the offense performed. A, a lot better than I, I thought they would. So that that was encouraging to see. Uh, obviously, uh, Sunday you kind of mentioned was was a little bit of a fight. Uh, honestly, Van Horn was was pleased that it was like that because you, you want your team to experience some adversity to to have to blow a lead and then come back and win it in the ninth. Uh, especially going into a, a road series against USC uh, this coming weekend. So it, overall, I think they they did some things that they liked. We got to see uh, some newcomers that uh, everyone has been excited about. Trevor Ezell, you know, grad transfer. He's originally from Arkansas, went to Southeast Missouri State, uh, had a really big weekend. And I think the newcomer everybody was most excited about was Connor Nolan, uh, just considering he's a, a quarterback as well. So there's that little novelty there. Uh, and he pitched pitched pretty well, no earned runs and four and two thirds uh, in game two of the doubleheader. Uh, so lots lots of new faces uh, from last year's team, especially, and uh, I think it was a, a really solid start when you consider uh, all things considered. 
Well, that was the thing is that I try to look at everything in a different perspective, and I'm sure you do the same way when it comes to football, basketball, and baseball. You can't look at it in the same scope. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of reason to be excited about the Razorback baseball team, but I just, I don't know, maybe I don't really understand what all you could take away from it in the opening series other than, yeah, they just went out there and they did what they were supposed to do. I think you can see a few things that are at least interesting, but I don't think after three games you can tell whether or not this team's going to be a College World Series caliber team or not. Yeah, you really can't because it is Eastern Illinois. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to consider the competition. Uh, just like early season football games, if you blow out Florida A&M or Eastern Illinois or someone like that, does it really mean anything? Probably not. So it, it's very similar with baseball, especially since it's such a long season. Uh, obviously, if they went out there and lost two of three, then it would be alarming. Uh, but even then, it, it's such a long season that there's plenty of opportunities to, to make up that ground. Uh, and so it, it was it was definitely some things that you would like to see. You know, one thing that I think you can take away from it is is uh, Dave Van Horn was really kind of concerned what the bottom of the lineup would look like. And they were very productive uh, in all three games. Uh, guys came up with big hits, uh, timely hits. They were able to do things like lay down sacrifice bunts. We didn't really see that much last year uh, because everybody in the lineup could could hit bombs. So. Uh, it, it was it was good to see all those little various aspects of the game uh, rather than just, you know, going out there and, you know, hitting eight home runs a game uh, because, you know, you could you can work on situational type of stuff. I know Connor Nolan had a lot of expectations coming in, more so for football, I think, but they knew that he was going to play baseball. And then he gets the nod the second game of the season which we know that Arkansas is having to replace a lot of pitching from last year, but I was pretty impressed not only that Dave Van Horn went with them this early, but also was pretty impressed by his showing in the early going. I mean, does he obviously Dave Van Horn has enough confidence in him? What did he see in him? Was there something in practice that he saw from him that was really stood out to him? Was he more or less just seeing maybe some potential there and wanted to throw him to the wolves and see how he did? Just obviously something was there for Dave Van Horn to be pretty impressed to give him that second starting spot. He proved it in practice. Uh, he didn't. He didn't go through fall practice, obviously, because he's playing quarterback. But he joined the baseball team and came back from uh, a Christmas break and immediately just looked really, really good. He looked like an SEC caliber of pitcher. Uh, I think in uh, the scrimmages that were open to the public, he only allowed one or two runs in ten innings. Uh, really, really good stuff. And it's not like he has. You know, overpowering stuff. He's not going to get up there and blow a 96, 97 mile per hour fastball by you. He's more of a, he, he's not a left-hander. He's a right-hander. So you can't say he's a crafty lefty like a Casey Murphy, but he's, he is crafty for a right-hander. He uh, commands really well. He hits his spots. Uh, he doesn't get up there and just throw like a, a lot of freshmen uh, coming in. They, they're, they're more throwers than pitchers. And, and Connor is a pitcher. He, he locates really well. He mixes in his his off speed stuff. His off speed stuff is what's what's probably the the thing that's going to get him some looks in Major League Baseball here in a couple of years. So uh, it, he I think he sits about ninety two. He tops out about ninety two on his fastball, but uh, he mixes all of his pitches well, and, and he was really impressive. So there were some people who were speculating, oh maybe Van Horn, you know, put him in the rotation to kind of send a message like, hey your future's in baseball, you should forget this football thing. Uh, but really, Van Horn, Van Horn's too good for that. Van Horn has been around the game long enough where he's he doesn't care who you are. If, if you're going to help him win games, he's going to put you in there. He's not just going to try to send a message or uh, try to 
steer you one way, play games like that. He he is going to put you in if he thinks you're the best. And and sure enough, he thought he was good enough to be the game two starter, and uh, he he really didn't disappoint really. And then that was the thing, though. Also, I know that we discussed through Twitter and how it, I was just curious about where the fans were because last year, making it as the College World Series runner-up, you lose a lot on the pitching staff, but you have a lot of great players coming back, like Casey Martin, like Heston Kirstad, guys that uh, were all SEC, possible All-American picks by the end of the season. And I think that Razorback fans have a reasonable expectation for what they expect out of their baseball program. They expect greatness. But I was curious to know if fans expected a college world series and if they didn't get it would it be considered a disappointment now the voting was really close i think more fans expected did not expect a college world series or bus type of season but knowing what this team is right now knowing what they're capable of knowing dave van horn and knowing where the program's at what would you look at as being considered a disappointment for this team this season or at least a realistic disappointment yeah, I think it'd be disappointing, obviously, if they don't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, then maybe if they go to the NCAA tournament and are just two games and done, I think that would be disappointing. Uh, I don't know if fans should expect them to be a top 16 program that gets to host a regional or a top eight team that gets to host a super regional. I think that may be a little unrealistic because they did lose a lot of players. I mean, you mentioned Casey Martin and Heston Kerstad coming back, throwing Dominic Fletcher, and, and there's your returning starters. Uh, in the lineup right. so uh, you also lose you know Blaine Knight and Casey Murphy as your starting pitchers and Barrett Lowski and uh, Jake Rindel as as key relievers so those are some really key players that made Arkansas a you know national title contender last year you lose those guys it's just really hard to replace them there is the talent on the roster I really like what Connor Nolan does I really like what Patrick Wicklander, another freshman, does on the mounds. I really like, you know, some of these guys like uh, Trevor Ezell and Matt Goodhart, Casey Opitz. Those are good players, and I think they have the potential to be even great players. But uh, to expect them to step in immediately and replace the Carson Shaddies, the Grant Cooks, those kind of guys, I think that's going to be really tough and a tall task. So uh, people expecting the College World Series – probably going to be disappointed it wouldn't surprise me if they made it to omaha again uh but it would also also i'm not expecting it i I think they're a team that's capable of of winning a regional of getting to a super regional i i probably would pick them to lose uh at that point uh but i do think they're a team that's capable of of being a, a really strong number two seed and you you go somewhere like a you know a tcu or uh I think I saw one projection that had them going to North Carolina or something in the preseason. So uh, they could go to one of those places and and really push the host team and maybe even win that regional. But I just don't know if they're quite to the point where they could uh, win a super regional and make it back to Omaha. I think one of the concerns that Razorbacks fans have, rightfully or wrongfully, is that that last year was it. That was their shot. That, that was the last chance that they were going to have to be able to get to that level, which I can understand because you talk about how difficult it is to win a national championship in any sport, but in a sport like baseball where your postseason play is 64 teams, you have series games, you, you have to make it from the regional to the super regional to the college world series, you're getting everyone's best shot. Sometimes your pitching is off because you had to go one more game than the other team. I mean, there's just so many pieces that have to fall into place. And I think Razorback fans are just concerned that last year, was their final shot at? I don't. I don't think so because Dave Van Horn is a great coach, and it's really hard to distinguish whether or not it will be it. But it, it's just 
it's going to be one of those things that's always going to loom, especially if Dave Van Horn finishes his great career without a title, that it's going to be that season of, man, what could have been. Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Dave Van Horn is still here. I mean, as, as long as he's the head coach, I think Arkansas is going to have a great opportunity uh, to get back to Omaha. And once you get to Omaha, anything can happen. Uh, he's had a couple of teams that were right there on the verge. I remember the 2012 team, uh, they, you know, got to the, the, I guess, the semifinals and only needed to win once to beat South Carolina once. And they lost two straight games. And I think people may have thought, oh, was that the only, was that Arkansas's best chance to win a national title? Well, they've been back twice, twice since then, including this past year where they were national runner up and within an out away from winning it all. So, I would say that they're probably going to have another opportunity. Just looking at what Arkansas has coming in the pipeline in terms of recruiting, uh, in terms of the guys that are on this team right now that are really young and what they could evolve into, uh, I think that it's definitely within the realm of possibility that, you know, 2020, 2021, they're right there again in top five in the country. I I really do believe that because at that point, Assuming, assuming I, I, I'm not quite sure what these uh, the birthdays are on these freshmen, if they're draft eligible sophomores like Andrew Benatendi. But if you have a junior Connor Nolan, a junior Patrick Wicklander, and you uh, throw in some of these other guys that are uh, in the high school ranks right now, they could be dangerous here in a few years. And uh, looking at the schedule that they play and all all those pieces, all the pieces that were there last year seem to be kind of forming for 2021, uh, which, again, that's the, the three-year uh, rotation. You know, they made it 2009, 2012, 2015, 2018, three more years, 2021. It, it seems to be lining up for another good run in 2021. But, uh, again, you, you don't want to skip ahead because I do think there's a lot of fun moments to be had, you know, this year and next year. But I do see them competing for national championships again in the future and maybe even near future we'll continue our conversation with andrew hutchinson of hogbeat.com here in just a second but first this on the locked on razorbacks podcast you are locked on razorbacks your daily arkansas razorbacks podcast Andrew, I mentioned my frustrations with the Razorback basketball team. I want to believe in Mike Anderson. I want to believe that he can get the job done, but I'm having a hard time defending him game in and game out, week in and week out, especially with performance like they had against Mississippi State. I'm not going to call for anybody's head, but I can certainly understand why Razorback fans are frustrated because it's really getting hard to defend him right now. I'm probably about that same spot. I mean, I, I do see the frustration. Like you, I'm from Arkansas. I grew up here, and you know, I remember the tail end of the Nolan Richardson days and, and hearing the stories of just the, the glory years uh, of the 90s where they were, you know, won a national championship, finished runner-up another year. Uh, you know, but it's been, I mean, I think, I think I was two years old the last time Arkansas made a Sweet 16, and that, that's just, it's just crazy to think about. It's been so long. Uh, so I understand why fans are frustrated. Uh, but again, at the same time, I'm like, man, I, I didn't really have super high expectations for this year's team coming into the season. They were picked 10th in the SEC. I thought that they might be better than that, but I wasn't about to pick them maybe you know, in the top five or anything like that. Uh, I thought they were a team that they probably were going to have to fight to make it to the NIT, and sure enough, here we are. Uh, I think six games left in the regular season and they're fighting for an NIT spot. Cause I think the NCAA tournament, 
you know, barring a you know a minor miracle of you know beating Auburn and Kentucky on the road, uh, it's probably going to be tough to make it in the NCAA tournament. So uh, I just I feel like this is a young team. I know fans are just sick and tired of hearing that excuse, but it is a young team. Uh, Daniel Gafford is a great player, but when you've got so many inconsistent players around him, uh, it, it's just really tough because it seems like anytime Mason Jones has a great game you know, Isaiah Joe is off. Mm -hmm. Or if Isaiah Joe is on, Mason Jones is off. So if they could just get all the pieces working together, I think they'd be a pretty good team, an NCAA tournament team. I just, it when you got so many young players, that's just hard to get. And so uh, they're, they're right about how I expected them to be. Um, but I do understand why fans are frustrated if that's the case because, you know, why is it that in year eight you have so many freshmen and so many young people on the team? You should be at this point where you're, you know, reloading. Uh, and it just it just hasn't happened that way uh, for Mike Anderson for whatever reason. So it, it's a it's a tough, tough thing. I, I'm glad I'm not Hunter Yurichek and have to make these kind of decisions because uh, it's not as easy as some fans may think it is. Well, that's the thing, too, is that if I'm on Mike Anderson and I'm looking at what I've accomplished, I think that there's been some great things there, but it's just, I, I don't know. I, I think that because you obviously, we kind of grew up in the same era of Razorback sports and uh, we followed the program for about as, the same amount of time. And it, I just feel like when he was higher, there was a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement for a lot of good reason. But if you look back on it, you could make an argument that he's kind of underachieved because I feel like Razorback fans expected it in eight years to at least make one sweet 16. I, I think that that was the reasonable expectation because he had done it at his previous two spots. And the fact that he hasn't is really surprising to me. I know he's had some good teams. I know in the tournament it's kind of a crapshoot because they, for whatever reason they like to face North Carolina in the second round every time. But I honestly truly believe that Mike Anderson was going to at least make a sweet 16 and pretty shocked that he didn't. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I remember the excitement. I remember going to the the big announcement there at Bud Walton Arena when there. I mean, there were probably five thousand fans there to welcome him back because everyone thought it's a return of the glory years because he was on the staff of Nolan. He had had success at UAB, had success at Missouri. Uh, those aren't exactly you know basketball powerhouses. So if he can win there, surely he can win at Arkansas, which has some some basketball history. Um, and, you know, I honestly wonder how how much more different would we be viewing Mike Anderson today had Arkansas been able to finish out that upset of North Carolina a few years ago in the NCAA tournament because they had him on the ropes. I mean, they they had that game won and had a few few bad calls go against them, you know, lost right there at the end, and North Carolina went on to win a national championship. Now, I'm not saying Arkansas would have won a national championship that year, but it's not outside their own possibility that they could have, you know, they would have definitely been in the Sweet 16, obviously, and maybe even had a chance to make an Elite Eight. And then once you get to that point, who knows what happens? So uh, it's just amazing how much, you know, one, you know, one or two calls in one game may completely change the perspective uh, of an entire fan base on Mike Anderson. Andrew Hutchinson of hogbeat.com. You can follow him on Twitter on NWA Hutch for any questions, comments, concerns you may have with him about this podcast. Andrew, really appreciate you joining us, man. Have fun. I'm sure we'll be uh, catching up with you later down the road for Razorback basketball, baseball, and once spring football gets going, I'm sure we'll be doing that as well, man. 
Yeah, have me on anytime. I appreciate it. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.